Okay. Uh, I want to thank God this morning. But uh, before I go to the word of God, I want to appreciate each one of you. I have known some friends here now. I'm making some good friends. And uh, I feel at home. Usually I call you, you are my brothers and sisters from another mother. <laughs> and uh, I, I thank God for you. You are wonderful people. Uh, Pastor Rob is a friend, he's my brother from another mother. And so we thank God that we are doing the same work. Uh, I am a pastor in Kenya. And uh, last year I was here and I gave you some stories of what was happening in Kenya. There's a lot that I cannot be able to tell in a short while, but uh, to give you a brief preview on what is happening in Kenya, uh, last on 2007, when there was general election, just to, pre, uh, to remind you, we, we had what we call um, tripod clashes because the opposition leader could not accept the results that had come. He said he won, and then the government said he didn't win. And so it actually brought in a lot of tribal clashes. And uh, that is when I began the church. I was, you know, it, I was newly into the ministry with a young church and a good number of members. But because of tribal clashes, many of the members uh, died, and their kids were left orphans. And... Uh, there was no one to take care of them. And the few of us who remained, we gathered those kids and uh, we began a home for them. And uh, the numbers grown from uh, the few that we picked the first round were 70. And now we are having uh, 242 kids that we are taking care of. And uh, we thank God that we see a smile in their face. And uh, we are actually growing, and we thank God. There's another part B of the story that I didn't say last year. Uh, before I began ministry, I was working with an NGO, a non-government organization, that was helping disadvantaged people, those people with HIV and AIDS, the people that had problems. And so where I was born in the village where I come from, um, I, I, I requested my CEO then that I was working under if they can take a medical camp to my village home where I come from. And then when we went with a medical camp to my village home where I come from, we found a lot of needs that I did not even know myself that was existing in my community. There was a lot of sicknesses, a lot of orphans that I didn't know. And so I asked my CEO, how do we help these people? because I was working for him for at that time, then I'm asking, how can we help now? This community said, go and register a non-government organization, a faith-based organization. Then from there, I can try to look funds for you so that we can be able to help these kids. And then look for a capable leader that can be leading this group because I want to work with you. And so I registered an organization I looked for an Apple leader who was a pastor working with me, and then he began leading the group. And so that group from that time, you know, has grown. Right now, as I'm speaking to you, we are serving over 7,000 kids who are orphans, who are disadvantaged. The group was helping us, but then after a while, they were graduated. So as from next year, 
uh, we are going to be on our own. We are supposed to be on our own. But I thank God for what I see God has done. Out of this all, many children that were disadvantaged have seen them go through high school. Right now, we have about four of them who are, who are in the university. And we thank God for what God is doing. And uh, it's tedious. It's a sacrificial work. It's a work that uh, you trust God. But I see the results. It's something, it's a blessing when you see children smiling and having hope in their faces and seeing they can face tomorrow because Jesus is in their life. And so that is the story I have, but I want to thank God. Last year, you people stood with us and you caused many kids to smile. I want to thank you and say thank you so much for your sacrifice and for your offering. And the kids were so excited. It's only that there is no way I can bring them to you so that you can see them. But I want you to know they are very grateful for the support that you gave last year to them. And so God bless you. Amen. Amen. Uh, this morning, I was privileged to speak to my wife and my son. And they all sent their greetings. And they said, when you go to the church, say hello to them. And they, are, they, they told me they are praying for me, and equally they are praying for you. So please receive their greetings. Amen. Are you getting my English or am? Um, yes. You know, you know, you know, I come all the way from the other side, and I'm hoping that I'm going to communicate. You know, your accent is different. My accent is different. I pray the Holy Spirit will make us come together and hear what he wants us to hear. <laughs> Amen. And so I'm living with the Pastor Mike and Trish Erickson. They are my very good friends and I love them. And uh, I love this family, you know, the family of Rob, wonderful people. And I've, I, I, I got to get some of my old friends like Elder Joe. You know, I'm getting to know very many guys here and uh, God bless you. Amen. So today, I want us to hear the word of God. And I want us to study together the Bible. And I hope the Lord is going to help us understand what I want to share with you. So I want us to pray as we go to read our text of today. Our Heavenly Father, this morning we thank you. We give you praise, we give you honor for who you are in our lives. Father, I pray that I will decrease and you will increase as I speak your word. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come down and minister to each one of us. Speak to our ears, Lord. Speak to our spirits. Lord, encourage us, correct us, and Lord, help us to understand your will. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, I want us to open our Bibles in Mark chapter 2. In Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, from verses 1 to verses 12. How many minutes do I have? 11.15. I want to read from the New King James Version, and then I'm going to explain some of the things that the Lord had laid in my heart to share with you. The Bible says, and again he entered Capernaum after some days. 
and it was hard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic, a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on whom the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise up, arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Another version in this uh, line, verse 12, it says, We never saw anything in this version. Today, the Lord has dropped in my heart that I want to speak from this passage, and I've entitled my topic, Destiny Help Us, The Destiny Kill Us. Destiny help us, or destiny connect us, and destiny kill us. There are people God will bring to you who see your potential, who see who you ought to become, but you are not yet there. And God brings them to you so that they can connect you to your miracle. They can connect you to your destiny. They can connect you to your breakthrough. So I call them connect uh, destiny help us they help you they connect you they usher you into new heights of life and they hold your hand and they tell you yes you can make it but again on the same chapter here that we have read we see another type of people i call them destiny killers there are people in life who don't want to see you succeed there are people in life who will begin to complain any time they see any breakthroughs, any, 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 any way God is using you, they begin to complain. They don't want to see you moving forward. So today I want to challenge us in the congregation about destiny helpers and destiny killers. And these two types of people are living with us in our community. And some, maybe not in this church, not even in America, but in Kenya, we have even some of them in our churches. They are there, they don't want to see you succeed. They are happy that you are stagnated somewhere. They are happy that you are not progressing. I call them destiny killers. But today, I want to challenge us on this the same. 
Having great potentials is never enough. Thousands of people have died with their great talents and gifts unnoticed, undiscovered, and uncelebrated because they lacked their destiny collectors. People have died with great dreams. Why? Because nobody came to them and connected them to their miracle. There comes a time in one's life that all what his or her destiny needs is just a right connection. Someone once said, the distance between where you are right now and where you desire to be is not in miles or in kilometers, but in heads. In heads. That is, between you and your healing, between you and your prosperity, between you and your fame, your promotion, your achievement, your enthronement, are people. And the earlier you locate them, the better for you. There are people God will bring to you. They will connect you to your success. We need people in our lives. We need people who can take us and connect us to where we are supposed to be. Life is about God linking you with your destiny helpers. In life, there are two kinds of people you will ever meet. Destiny helpers and destiny killers. When God links you up with your destiny helpers, your tears will be converted to joy. Your torment to peace. Your labor to favor. Your pain to gain. And your Goliath becomes your stepping stone to the place of suppression. When God brings the right people on your way, I assure you, you are on the right track to your success. A great prayer to pray daily is this. Oh Lord, make me invisible to all my destiny killers. And make me visible to all my destiny helpers. We need God to shield us from those who want to kill our destiny. But we want God to open those who he wants to use to take us to where he wants us to go because he has a destiny for each one of us. Destiny killers are those who always wonder, can anything good come out of this life? They always wonder, can he or she make it? They always wonder. They say this with their mouth, their attitude, and their actions. Destiny killers always see the negative side of you. And are always out to discourage your efforts. They will never encourage you because they don't believe in you. They don't believe that you can make it in life. No man can by himself fulfill his destiny. Everyone needs a destiny helper. Everyone needs somebody that can connect him to his greatness. Jesus did not walk alone. He had 12 helpers, 12 disciples. He was God. But these sort of guys promoted the destiny of Jesus. They reign with the vision and the dream of Jesus. They were working with him. Yes, he was God, but he needed them. Any pastor to succeed, any leader to succeed, he needs people around him to support his vision, to support his dream. And so we need people around us who can connect us our greatness. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So who is your destiny helper? When you meet them, your life will move from zero to hero. They are agents of change. Destiny helpers are agents of change. Agents of transformation. Agents of elevation. Agents of enlargement. Agents of promotion. And agents of an common breakthrough. When you meet with them, your life will be in a different route. God will not physically come down and help you. He will send people to you, to you so that they will understand the potential in you and they will begin to realign you to your destiny. He will send, he will use people. He has the power. He can come down from heaven and do what he can do. But he chooses to use people like you and me so that they can connect us into our right. Now we come to our story that we read this morning. From the reference text we see that it was noised that Jesus was in the house. Very interesting. Jesus was in the house. I want you to know this. When Jesus is present, the Holy Ghost is present. When Jesus is in the house, there is power to bless, there is power to heal, there is power to deliver, and there is power to set free. When Jesus is in the house, the presence of God is in the house. It reminds me, when Lazarus died, Jesus delayed to come. And when Martha saw Jesus, these are the words that Martha said. If you could have been here, my brother could have not died. So Martha knew that wherever Jesus is, there is a difference. Wherever Jesus is, his presence is there. The power to set free, the power to heal, the power to bring hope is there. So it was noised. It was publicly known that Jesus is somewhere. When you read in Acts, the Bible says, wherever Jesus went, he did good. And so it was noised that he is in the house. And probably, I'm not sure here. I stand to be corrected. But I tend to think he was in the house of Peter. You can go and do your research. I'm not sure whether I am correct. But I want you to go and check on that. I tend to think this house he was in was the house of Peter. And he was teaching in that house. And the Bible says, the people followed him. Other versions, the Bible says, they pressed him. It was a pressing. You know, they thronged him. It was a great multitude. And the Bible says, as they came there, Jesus was teaching and Jesus was preaching. Hear me, church. It's good to be taught and it's good to be preached. We need to hear the word of God. That is why the Bible says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh from the mouth of God. We need to hear the voice of God. And it comes through preaching. It comes through Bible study. It comes from hearing the word of God. So Jesus was teaching in the house. Amen. Amen. Now, everything was going on well. The service was going on well. There was a good atmosphere. The crowd was there. They were excited to hear the word of God. They were excited to hear Jesus speak. But the Bible says there were four guys who saw a paralytic person, a man with the palsy. And they go to this man. And the Bible says they pick him on a bed. 
And as they were bringing him to Jesus, because Jesus was peace preaching, the crowd never even bothered to give way for the man to come in front so that, they can, that Jesus can pray for them. And as he, as, as they tried to find way, they couldn't make it. And so as you understand the houses of those days, the way they were built are not like the ways we build houses today. So the Bible says they went and went into the roof and uncovered the roof. And they led that paralytic man in the presence of Jesus. And I'm sensing there was a lot of work. There was a lot of work and I know Jesus knows what is happening, but he's waiting to see what is going to take place. And the Bible says the man was led into the presence of Jesus. You know, the destiny killers blocked him. They never allowed him to see Jesus. But anyway, Jesus received the man and he spoke to the man. And something took place in that meeting. And I want to say some few things today. Because of time. What is destiny? What is destiny? Destiny is what God created you to be. Every one of us here, we have a destiny. We have a purpose. I thank God for the name of the church here now. We have a journey. Each one of us, we have a destination. We are moving on. Destiny is what God created you to be. His divine purpose. Destiny is your assignment. The original plan of God for you. A predetermined future. God's agenda for your life. That is a destiny. He has a plan for each one of us. Whether we are tall, we are short, we are big, we are wherever, God has a purpose for each one of us. Amen. You are very special in the eyes of God, the way you are. In fact, the Bible says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When you look at yourself, you see a wonder. You see the works of God. In fact, you are the handwork of God. He created you. He got involved. He has a plan for you. I want you to know this. God has a plan for you. Specifically, he's interested in your ventures. He is interested in your family. He is interested in your business. He is interested in anything you do because you are his son. You are his daughter. You are his child. Amen. So destiny is also what you ought to be in life. It is God's design and purpose for you. And sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't walk in that way. That is why we need destiny connectors. That is why we need destiny helpers. People who can see the seed of greatness in us. And begin to propel us to where God wants us to go. Praise the Lord. Amen. amen. In Kenya, we love to say amen, amen, and we talk to each other. And... Uh, I'm sorry, sometimes I may, I may forget and uh, require some amen, so please bear with me. This is a, this young man from Africa. So who are destiny helpers? And what do they, uh, what do, they do to you? Who are these destiny helpers? Destiny helpers connect you to the top, not to the bottom. They facilitate your destiny. They add value. They 
are strategically positioned to help you arrive at your expected end. God strategically prepares them so that they can help you. They can add value to you. They are positioned for you. They go out of their way to help you. They help you navigate through all obstacles. They help you succeed in your career, in your family, in your business. They excavate barriers for you. They fight on your behalf as if the battle is theirs. They fight for you. You can see these four guys. I don't even see the paralytic man complaining. I don't see him saying, where are you taking me, guys? Where? I don't see. I don't see him complaining. But these four people, they saw the need in this man. They saw the destiny of this man. And I want you to know that in the life of the paralytic, he was, in, he was a work in progress. God was still working in him. But he didn't know how he can reach to the presence of Jesus. So these four, they saw him and they picked him. I don't see him complaining. Guys, where are you taking me? But they were taking him to his destiny. And these are the people I pray in our time today. That can God give us even only four people. Genuine people. People who love us the way we are. People who understand the way we are. And they come and they pick us. And they tell us, son, daughter, this is the way. Walk in this way. So that we can be connected to where God wants us to be. Amen. There's a passage I love so much. There's a passage I love so much. And I want us to read that passage. It's in Job 29, verses 15 and 16. I love this. And I see a picture of a destiny helper. I see like Job is saying, I was a destiny helper to many people. I see something. I hear sound like that. That Job is saying, I was a destiny helper to people. The Bible says in Job chapter 29, verses 15 to 16, I was eyes to the blind, and the feet was eye to the lame. I was father to the poor, and the cause which I knew not, I searched out. This is Job saying. He's saying, I was eyes to the blind. Destiny help us. They become eyes to us. There are things we don't see. But the destiny help us, the destiny connect us, they see. So we need them. Because they can see the black side we don't see. So here Job is saying, I was eyes to the blind. And the feet was eye to the lame. I was father to the poor. And the cause which I knew not, I searched out. Job is saying, there are things that he didn't know. So he could look for other people so that they can search it out. So that they can be able to help. Destiny helpers don't work alone. They work with other people. They connect with other people. So I want to give you some few examples of people that I believe are destiny helpers in the Bible. And I want you to learn something from them. But the challenge is this. God is calling us to be destiny helpers to others. He's calling us to open our eyes to see the need around us. Then we are able to help them achieve their goal and achieve their dream. I want to give you some, a few examples that I believe. Example number one, Jethro and Moses. When you read the Bible in the book of Exodus, Jeth 
Exodus chapter 18. When you read Exodus chapter 18, Jethro was a destiny helper to Moses. Jethro comes and he sees Moses busy. Busy doing the work of leadership. Busy leading the people. Busy trying to tackle the problems of people. He was doing a great work according to his own understanding. But when Jethro comes and he looks at this man, he calls him and he said, listen, I want to give you an advice. What you are doing is going to burn you out. What you are doing is going to kill you. Choose people who can help you do this other work. And the hardest task, let them bring it to you. And that was so good. It helped Moses to be a good leader. So Jethro was a destiny helper to Moses. We need these people. Who can come and say, Pastor, I know you have a calling of God. I know you are doing a great work. But I think if you can do this and this, then we are going to reach our congregation well. That is a destiny helper. We need them. We cannot stand here and say, I am the man of God. I am called. And I don't care what you want to tell me. It is me, God. No, that is not right. We need to work as a team together. Amen. So I see Jethro was a, con, a, a destiny helper to Moses. Another example, I like this. Joseph. For Joseph, it was Pharaoh, chief cupbearer. I want you to hear something here. In Genesis 14, 41, verses 8 to 14, something goes like this. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us in prison, a servant, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream, and things turned out exactly as he interpreted them for us. Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. This is a very interesting story here. Joseph is in prison, and the, uh, and, 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 and the cupbearer, and the butler, and the baker are in prison also. They dream a dream, and Joseph interprets for them, and it happens exactly as he interpreted it for them. And then he said to one of them, remember me. But as you know, it is usually people tend to forget. And so they are free there and they forgot. But another time comes that Pharaoh himself dreams a dream that nobody could be able to interpret. This is when this guy is saying, I remember. There's a guy. He's a Hebrew guy. He interpreted my dream. And then he connected him. And guess what? Joseph, when he interpreted the dream, Pharaoh said, you are going to be next to me. Listen to this. 
We need people that can connect us. And they're not jealousy when God is blessing us. They're not envious when God is prospering us. They're not angry when God is doing great work in us. We need these people in our life. Amen. Another interesting story is Naaman. Naaman. The Naaman. 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 How do we say? Naaman. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Allow me to learn that also so that when I go to Kenya, I will call him Naaman so that people will think I'm becoming American. <laughs> so the Bible says Naaman. Uh, you said Naaman. Okay. Naaman, the Lepra Syrian army general. It was that little slave girl's advice. The slave girl who was taken captive when Naaman was the general. She's serving the wife of Naaman. And this girl has observed in the house and has seen the trouble that Naaman is going through. And this is the advice of a girl. And she says to the wife, if my master could have known there is a prophet in Israel, he could go there and he could be healed of his leprosy. And so, Naaman is another guy, you know, when, when you are obsessed with the power, when you are in higher authority, there is a way you want to be treated. Even when you are sick, you don't understand you are sick. So Naaman is told, go to the river Jordan and dip yourself there seven times and you shall be healed. He begins to brag. He begins to complain. There are good rivers in our land. Abana, Bavar. Why are you bringing me here? But when he agreed, his miracle took place. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want you to know this. Naaman got his miracle simply because of a slave girl. Let us not despise people. Even the people we don't think they have something to offer to us. Let us appreciate them. Because you never know they are carrying your destiny. There are people you may despise. You don't even think they can amount to anything. This could be the people God wants to use for your life. And bring you to your destiny. Read about Mordecai and Esther. Esther was an orphan. But her uncle Mordecai, who knew she was beautiful, kept and trained her. When the time came, he introduced her to greatness. You can be an orphan. You can be disadvantaged. But if you find your destiny connector, I tell you, you will realize your dreams as God intended you to be. You will be where God wanted you to be. You know, there are several examples I can give, but because of time, I want to champ some of them and give you some few things that I believe will help us. I don't want to talk about destiny killers. There are many. There are many. You know, they don't want to see you having any breakthrough. They don't want you to see succeeding. They don't want to see you flourishing and, 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 and realizing. You know, some of the destiny killers are envious. When they see you with a good car, they wish that was theirs. 
Sometimes they would even say with their actions, you don't deserve a car like this one. You know, they don't want to see you go forward. Because I want you to see a picture here. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is preaching in the crowd. And the people are gathered. They are hearing the good news. The news from heaven. They are gathered together. In a state. Now listen to me. I, I know sometimes it's good to use protocols. I know it's good sometimes to follow protocols. But there, there comes a time. When we don't even need protocol. If the anointing is the house to heal. We can even stop preaching. And pray for the sick people. And God touch them. Because that is what is important. You see. When they release the man. The service was suspended. And Jesus began to minister to that person. Now listen to this. The people who blocked the way. For this man to come to Jesus are the people who gave him way to walk majestically outside, you know, carrying his bed. I want to say something to you. The people who are blocking your destiny, one day they will see you walking free. And you will walk so that they can have a testimony that God has done something to this person. He walked in their presence. In fact, some of them began to talk to one another. We have never seen it in this version. They marveled. Others were questioning. He has no credibility to heal. This is blasphemy. Let them talk. But if Jesus comes on your way, he has come on your way. I, I, I like the story. I'm sorry, uh, it's not in my notes. But I like the story of, of, uh, of the blind man that was healed. And uh, when the blind man got his miracle, when the blind man was healed, you know, the leaders of the day, they wanted some protocols to be followed. They wanted some procedures to be followed. And so they are asking the parents. And the parents are trying to shy off. And they are saying, he is of age. Ask him. And so they go to this young man because he's of age. And they are asking him, tell us what happened. Now this is, I'm trying to paraphrase in my own words. I see this blind man saying, I don't care what you want to say. One thing I know. I was blind. But now I see. I, want, I, I, I may not care as, as much as you want to say about him. But one thing I know. I have lived among you. You have seen me. I have been blind. But today I see. Because that man touched me. When Jesus touches us. Everybody will be amazed. We will try to use all the terms we want to use. But Jesus will have touched our lives. Amen. So how can we connect? How can you connect with your destiny con uh, helpers? Number one. I want to conclude with this one. I want, I'm, I'm going to conclude here. How do you connect? Number one. If you want to connect with destiny helpers. Be nice to people. <laughs> be nice to people. Why? Because you never know who carries your destiny. Your destiny could be in the hand of the person you don't even imagine can be your blessing. So be nice to them. So far, you don't know who God is going to use as your destiny connector. It is wise to be nice to everybody you meet. Be nice. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verses 2, the Bible says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people... I've shown hospitality to angels without knowing. 
So you don't know. Be nice to people. Greet people. Say hello to people. If the household of Naaman was unkind to that little slave guard, do you think she will empathize with them regarding Naaman's sickness? What if the Shunammite woman had not entertained Elisha, the stranger? We need to be nice. Be nice to one another. You know, let me say something to you. And this, this is a fact and I know all of you know. Some of the people you went to with in high school, probably some of them were not as smart as you are. Maybe some, maybe some of you in a class, in your class, you were the best student. And so you could brag that I was, you know, I was teaching them some arithmetic, I was teaching them some maths, I was teaching them, uh, you know, some, something. I was good. But those people you think they were not good, watch today and see where they are. Some of them are even more successful than you are. I want to challenge us. Let us be nice to people. You never know. You never know. You never know who carries your star. You never know. So say hello. She could be an old lady. She could be, he could be an old man. He could be a little girl, a little child. You know, be nice to people. Amen. Amen. And then number two, avoid pride. Pride repels God and man. Avoid pride. Pride can chase away your destiny connectors. Pride would have hindered Naaman from receiving his healing. If not for the persuasion of his servants. Pride is bad. So avoid pride. On your own time you can read Proverbs 16 verses 5. I don't have time to read that. Avoid it. Avoid it. And then number three. Help people solve their problems. Help people today solve their problems. If you want to connect with your destiny connectors, you have to be compassionate to other people now. Never walk away from anybody in trouble or problems. Rather, try and see how you can help them. As you help people solve their problems, they are most likely to speak about you whenever somebody has such a problems. For example, when Joseph helped those people who are in prison, they forgot Joseph. But when Pharaoh dreamed a dream that he could not interpret, this guy now says, oh, I remember. He remembered there was somebody who interpreted the dream for him. So help people. There's a say we say, probably it's the same even here. Be nice to people on your way up. They will be nice on your way down. Be nice to people. People remember. They remember how we do to them. They remember how we touch our lives. I mean how we touch their lives. Remember to help people. And last but not least for today, pray that God will use you. Pray that God will use you. Because he wants to use you. And pray that God can send them to you. The Bible says, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Pray. 
Listen to me. And I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to meddle on anything here, but I, I'm trying only to say what I feel to say. There are things pastor can do. And there are things you can equally do. Pastor cannot be all of you. He is one and his pastor. So some of you, you are his aid in every way. You guys help us a lot. We can never fulfill the dreams God has put in our lives without people surrounding us. And we pray that God can bring them on our way. People who understand the burden that God has given in us. People who understand the dream that God has put in us. So pray that God will send them on your way. Amen. So in our passage as we conclude, in our passage today, Jesus is teaching. And they bring the paralytic person. Now there's something very interesting. Whoever was the owner of the house, I don't know who, I suggested it could be Peter, but whoever was the owner of the house, I don't know if he, he complained his house was uncovered. I don't know. I really don't, the Bible is so silent there. I don't know what happened after that. Because Jesus is teaching and they, have, they were busy uncovering the roof and they have brought in the man with the need and the man has gotten his miracle and I see people rejoicing. I see the guy carrying his mat and he's walking in the presence of those who blocked him and he's walking out. I don't know what happened with that roof. But sometimes this is how I think. When the miracle takes place, it's none of our business to know what else is going to come after that. God is in control. He will take care of it. I don't see the owner saying, Jesus, I lent you the house to use. But now look, who is going to cover these expenses? I don't see any complaint. For some reason, the Bible is silent there. And I want to say something to us today. When God wants to do a work in us, he will always orchestrate people. He will always bring people who will rally us towards the direction he wants us to move. And I pray this morning that may he bring people on our way. May he bring people who understand us. May he bring people that will propel us to our heights. Until we conclude as they concluded and they said, we never saw it in this version. There is a version God is making in us that people are going to marvel and wonder. We never thought this would happen. We never saw it coming. We didn't understand. But because God is in the house, everything is possible. He can do it. Amen. May he bring our destiny connectors. People who will reconnect you with that business you want. People who will reconnect. You know, people some of you work in plumbing. Some of you work in construction. Some of you work in different areas. And sometimes you need people to connect you to your next place. And in, in our spiritual life, we need people. People who will connect us. Amen. Amen. May God bless you this morning. The Bible concludes in that passage. We never saw it in this version. I pray to you this morning. God to bring people that are going to push you to your next elevation. People are going to push you to your next level in your spiritual walk with God. People are going to take you to receive your abundance. 
people who are going to connect you. And when that miracle happens, it will be evident. People will see. People will see. What I like about God is this. When he does something in... Do you, do you know what the Bible says? There's a time. There's a time. The Bible says, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, sometimes people want, can anything good come out of this guy or this somebody? But I pray to you today, may God open our eyes that we may see where he wants to connect us. I want us to pray this morning, and I want to encourage you, look for your destiny connector. People who know you, and they see the potential in you. People like Barnabas. Barnabas. When John Mark was refused, Paul said, I don't want this guy who quit. But Barnabas picked him. He connected him. When Paul is in prison, he says, bring me, John Mark. Everybody has deserted me. And he says, now John Mark is profitable. How did he become profitable? Barnabas picked him up. And they connected him. He hooked him to the cross. May God pick us through people and connect us to the right place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that you are going to use us and send us and bring destiny help us on our way. People that will connect us to where you anticipate us to go. I pray, Father, for the church this morning. May you speak to each one of us that God will, will rise up and walk and do your will and be nice to people. Become a blessing to each one of us. Bless us today and Lord, may your will be done in our lives today even as we become destiny connectors. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you.